Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions, also known as The Infirmary. <laughs> because the infirmary. apparently we're both either sick or too injured to uh, record uh, an episode. Well, I am a host, Krista, and we also have Kurt here. And our guest host today is Kurt's stomach. Yeah, my stomach it's seems very to... very vocal my, today. Uh, my McGriddle <laughs> is... <laughs> pretty vocal it's right doing now. a dance with your coffee and yeah, that is so because <laughs> oh, we were man. sitting here in the you know quiet getting ready to do the podcast and it's just gurgling away and sounds hopefully like, it sounds doesn't, like the devil whatever it does. hopefully it doesn't show up on in the audio but you never know well it's good to see you it's good to see I feel you like too. i haven't been here in a while it's good to see you vertical yes yes feels good to be vertical I'm just so thankful that that didn't happen when you were in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was in Vegas back. two weeks ago for a conference, and I, mean, I think that, it was too much. Could you like even walk when no, that first happened? I, no, I need assistance just to walk because every step I take, I get really bad spasms in my lower oh. back. So yeah, it's good. It's a good time. That's <laughs> <laughs> not sound like a good time. Oh, what I was sick with was weird. It's like my I get this at least once a year where it's like the flu but it's flu light where it's like kind of like the full blown like not full-blown flu yeah i don't feel horrible but i also don't feel good enough to do anything so it's a lot of a lot of laying on my couch and my my headaches are getting worse and worse from trying to that's right and you have your appointment in december for your eyes that's coming up so by the time our next season comes around i'll have new glasses i'm excited to see what your frames look like who's helping you it was supposed to be Miranda, but now I don't think she can because we wanted to do it while she was off after she had her baby, and now oh. she's got to go back to work. So now I might just have to pick them out, and that's a you're going to text a bunch of people photos I am of have yourself. To. That's a disaster waiting to happen. I'll weigh in. I'll weigh in. I want to get ones that are like this, so it's not going to be that hard. Sure. You know, but I think you should just go totally different and be a new person. I should. I mean, I'm, not that I'm I want you to change, Kurt. No, but I'm contemplating shaving my hair off too because really? it is getting bad. I am losing my you hair. You wear like a crazy. hat all the time, though. I wouldn't I know, even but notice. Like not for funerals and weddings. Do you go to a lot of funerals and weddings? <laughs> not really. <It's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna shave your head for that once every few years event? Well, I just want to. I wonder if you know, will I look decent or will I look like? Well, Corey shaves his head. Yeah, but Corey looks cool. Yeah, it looks. You know, cool. I I probably look like a schmuck. I don't know. No, I don't think so. We'll see. How do we get on this anyway? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> we have, we're just basically catching up right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. We <laughs> you guys get to, you guys get to hear us catch up. Sorry. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, but no, I get the new glasses. Uh, I haven't. This is going to be. This episode isn't really another meaty episode because this is just updating a couple things from this last or not from this last season but since we started the show. Yeah. A couple miscellaneous updates, and I originally was going to do more. But I decided that the ones that I was updating, I think we're going to do a whole new episode on. They're worthy of a whole Yeah, like episode. one of them was Bob Lazar. Yeah, that's we, such an interesting topic. we did talk topic. about him. Yeah. And I was going to bring up that they had that documentary, but it's like, maybe we'll just do another episode about him. Yeah. Because he's kind of a fascinating, uh, fascinating guy. And of course, Missing 411. I think we kind yeah. of are at the point now where we have to do an episode on that each season. Agreed. Um, and we're never going to run out of cases. No. And I kind of want to do a combined episode on the nature of reality slash Mandela effect to go more into that. So those were things I was going to do updates on. And then it's like, crap, maybe I'll just do full episodes. Yep. Nice. So it won't be a real media episode, but it'll be something. Just a reminder. It's our season finale. It is our season finale. It's weird because it doesn't seem like 
it was that long. But then when we think back to the first episode this season being Denver Airport, that does seem oh, a yeah. long time ago. It does. And we got shout outs because we've had a lot of strangers join since yeah. the last episode. So here we go. If I massacre your name, I'm sorry. And our newest strangers are Josh Arthurs, Coleman John Doucette. He's the one that emailed us because he didn't get a shout out in the last episode. Oh. And he, he like joined like right after. After like, we yeah. recorded. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Harrington, Chris Hedden, Lisa Salmon, Stuart Williams, Nikki Satira, Hunter Emaker, I think that is, Jim Nuttall, Jana Beecham, Ashley Whitcock McClellan, Connor Cotton, Nikki Smith, Gina Hedry, Eric Remmer Guttlesrud, Brian Evanson, that's my friend Jess's brother. Okay. And she listens to the podcast, but she got totally freaked out because she lives by oh, herself now. Oh, in the country or something? Okay, she, yeah. I remember. So she, she just listened to our episode about the the hiker girls about uh okay lisa uh, Froome. yeah lizanne Froome and chris kremers and she really liked that and then her she must tell her brother and her brother's into this kind of stuff too so he joined so hey brian uh cory studevin and alex fritzky brenny and alex is the one that is good friends with sophie Sophie and and adam Adam. okay and sophie sent me the text that she sent sophie that she just listened to the episode where i talk about my apartment oh yes (laughs) she was like wow uber freaked out totally freaked out what's really cool is that a lot of these new members are already super active on the strangers page i'm seeing a lot of comments from these people so that's really cool that it's just a really welcoming page too like people are awesome and i just read when, when it changes you know we won't let it change. no we won't let it change anybody who causes problems is going away we might get to the just point saying. where we have to appoint a couple moderators yeah and stuff be. but we'll see cool and do you have any housekeeping <laughs> probably <laughs> but you know how i am with housekeeping <laughs> yeah. it's been like a month so when you were laid up with a bad back you could have written down all the housekeeping you wanted to i do. probably could have I probably could have. We could have done the podcast with you laying down. and <laughs> It would have been like you know, a therapy session, basically. <laughs> like a therapy session. Uh, for housekeeping, I have a couple thank yous I want to give out. And first thank you is to my brother, Corey. Yes, he who did, did such awesome a good job. job in the last episode. Agreed. Stepping up when he was originally supposed to do mine. <laughs> then he ended up doing yours. Yes. So thank you so much, Corey. I got a lot of good feedback about that people really liked him doing yeah. a story so and he did really good research he did i liked how he um laid out the research the order he did it yeah. in it, it yep. was really well done so. yeah so thank you so much Corey. definitely want to have him do that again yeah you know if i ever couldn't show up it would be kind of nice having Corey in my place yeah and a huge thank you to our stranger anna stanya who helped us get the last oh, episode right. yeah. for some reason we don't know what happened but i could not get the episode converted to an mp4 in order to put it on youtube and something got screwed up along the way so she was able to help me get it up on youtube so thank you so yeah, much that's Anna. awesome that was we awesome appreciate that oh, jim just left the house <laughs> my <laughs> that phone was? just told me that my husband left the house yeah we have what we call the stalker app. I was going to say, phones. does he know you're monitoring when he leaves the house and when he doesn't <laughs> yeah. leave the house? Yes, he knows. <laughs> it's good though, especially with winter coming. It's it's good to be able to see where he is. And when where I was I uh, sick, there was like my Netflix had just run out, so I didn't have Netflix. So I think I ended up watching a ton of Investigation Discovery. Oh, all like spouses killing their spouses. Oh, so don't do that. Okay, because they always I'll catch try you. not to. They always catch you. Yeah. So like Krista said, this is our season finale. And 
you know, I kind of thought, should we have a like a state of the podcast address? Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, we, we, could. we need to get merchandise. I know. But Jeff we're and also I were like just... kind of dragging our feet with that. Well, that's partly because someone on the old school media team is determined to do it, but it just kind of keeps not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that because Jeff doesn't listen, but his wife does listen. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. <laughs> um, he, he really wants to do it. It's just one of those things. And I said... I'm ready to just order some t-shirts just so we have something to get started yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and Sherry. Hi, Sherry, who listens. Hi, Sherry. And um, who helped me out to my car. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> when I hurt my back the second time. Or for the third time, but she was there for the second time. If I'm ever out of the bars and I need help to my car. Yeah, you know who to call. <laughs> um, she is. She's very crafty. And she was going to help us with t-shirts to begin with. But now she's going to buy this thing called a Cricut where you can print out stencils, like professional stencils, to do like t-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff like that. That's so, cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have some merchandise, but I am this close to just pulling the trigger and ordering some t-shirts online that just say that the strange sessions. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, we have And the back would say, stay strange, you know, yeah, just something really simple. We have t-shirt like, places in town where yeah. I could get like five of them made. It's just, I don't know how much they are. It's. I think the price goes down the more you order. Yeah. I would want to start with maybe like twenty five. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be like a lifetime supply of t-shirts. Yeah, it would. This will be one of those things that we don't actually get up and running until our last episode. <laughs> it's our last episode. T-shirts are now available, and they'll go like gangbusters. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. And I've this had is a, couple... a very. This is a me and Kurt operation. Yeah. So this it's is not a... like we have. You know this doesn't cost us anything and yeah you know we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there we're just taking our time we want to yeah. do it right. <laughs> we want to do it right uh, i've had a couple people ask me like what our next step is for the podcast and i've been thinking about that and i don't know i like it where it is now yeah i don't I really, really have any big plans you know like people are saying do you monitor what your standings are on itunes ratings do you do you no. and i'm like no <laughs> you know i look at, i go to our website where you post the episode yeah. because you can get a pretty good breakdown of metrics of how many total listens you've had how many individual listeners yeah have tuned in and like our missing 411 episodes are all approaching like 2000 individual listens nice um, and many of them are much more, but our episodes are long enough that I think if somebody starts the episode today and finishes it tomorrow, that counts as two yeah, listens, that makes but sense. It, it does break it down by individual listener. And it tells you if they're on iTunes, Stitcher, um, it breaks it down between a bunch of different platforms, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But as far as like where we're ranked in like a list of I podcasts, I'm yeah. guessing we're not even on the radar. And you know, <laughs> I it was I don't think it was ever our intention to get big. <laughs> it never was. No, no you know, not we really. just if people listened and liked, that's cool. We never set out to to set the podcasting world on fire. Right. And I agree. It still floors me how people find us. I know. I agree. You know, I added to our questions now when you join our closed group to strangers how you found us. And a lot of people have found us through Missing, Missing 411, yeah. which is kind of funny because we don't really, I mean, we have one episode a season. Right. So it sucks them in. <laughs> yeah, it does. And uh, a lot of people just random YouTube do like paranormal podcasts, search and find us. So it's really cool to know how people find us. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just really happy with the way things are going now. You know, a couple people join the strangers every, you know, but in the two weeks between whatever, episodes, yeah. a couple people join the strangers and... 
we're good. I don't, you know, like I know the people in the strangers, like on a first name basis, we're yeah. friends with a lot of these people mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose that sense of a small community. Right. You know, I agree. And I don't know that the Facebook group will ever, ever blow up like that. Like clearly we have a lot more people listening than, than are than in, in the, the Facebook strangers. group. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's fine. I think it's always going to be like that. Like I don't, people have asked us to do paid content. People have asked to do a meetup, which terrifies me because <laughs> I don't know. People are scary. <laughs> just, show, just show up at Krista's house one day. <laughs> yeah. She'll have you in for tea. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just maybe someday we'll get there. I don't yeah. know. I think it'd be cool if our if our listeners wanted to do their own meetup. I mean, we don't have to be there. <laughs> I know a lot of people do that. Like my favorite murder, they have listeners, murderinos who get together and talk yeah. about they. You know, per, they just, have live I, shows and stuff like that. But I don't see us. Ever I wish doing live we shows. had done this when we were younger, when I was like more free to travel places and mm-hmm. do things. You know, now I'm almost out of a job the way things are going at my job oh, i got no money so i wish when we were you know i wish it was back in my 20s or whatever when we were doing this because then i'd be more willing to we'd be on like season 30 <laughs> <laughs> be on season 30 oh. but no i think things are going good we're just going to keep doing what we're doing you yeah. know I, after this episode airs i'm just going to post a thing in our strangers closed facebook group what you guys like and don't like what you would want us to change mm-hmm. you know more episodes everybody says more episodes yeah. but yeah i know, not, you know every I, other week is probably not how other podcasts do it but it's what works for us some podcasts do so. like once a month yeah i feel true. like if we did it every week we would run out of stuff pretty quickly i don't know you say that but we're we're closing season three and you've already got stuff lined up for season I know. four I so know. but yeah i have been working on season four we're getting some stuff going i'm gonna do the um, poll thing again where people in the strangers Facebook group can do a poll on what they want the next season's oh, nice. first episode to be about. And whoever we pick gets a prize. Yeah, we'll probably do a prize too. Okay. But which, whichever, whichever one, well, no, because we'll do it whichever one wins the most votes will be the first episode of okay. the season. But then I think we're going to do another prize one for like maybe the fifth episode. Okay. Because I think we did one prize one. Yeah, because Anna won. Okay. When the script and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Yep. Anna Banana. Anna Banana. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. So I think we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, consistency is consistency good. Consistency is. We're, we're old reliable when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> we are. We are. So time for the taste test. Yeah, let's do it. This is a good taste test. I'm giving us a little bit of a treat for making Ooh, it through the season. I'm excited. I was actually, I actually bought it, had it in my cart, and I'm like, I'm going to try this. And then I was like, oh, maybe we'll try it on the podcast. Ooh, exciting. It is one of my you favorite. You delayed some um, gratification for yes, the podcast. It is one of my favorite snack chips. Ooh, a chip. Okay. And since Thanksgiving is two days from mm-hmm. when we're recording right now, we have Pringles. Roasted, roasted turkey. turkey Pringles. Whoa. I've never seen that before. Okay. This is going to be interesting. I love Pringles. Pringles are one of my weaknesses when it comes to Pringles to are good. Food. It is kind of like once you pop, I, you yeah, can't I, stop. I literally can't have them at home because no matter what size container I get, that's a single serving container. Right. I yeah. can get the tiny one and that's good. But if I get the family size, I'll still eat that all in one sitting. So Yeah, my husband's the same way, yep. but he can do that and... So roasted turkey Pringles. Sorry, I'm trying to get a good photo. <clears throat> I, this is one of those things that could be really good or really disgusting. <laughs> Just saying. Like, what's, is it going to taste like gravy? Or am I've I popping have, these? You can. You can. I'm I've popping yet, the top. I've yet to have a bad Pringle. 
Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I tried to do some nice... All right, I'm going to grab a small stack. Oh, my mouth is actually watering a little bit. Oh, interesting. Okay. I swear I smell stuffing. Oh, it smells like stuffing. Which is my favorite part of Thanksgiving, by the way. Stuffing and gravy. Yeah, I got to take a photo. That smells that smells more like stuffing, I think, than roast turkey. I agree. Which is, it, I can see how they would do that because stuffing is a lot of herbs and like uh-huh. sage and things like that. Oh, I'm literally, I'm drooling actually, so I'm hungry. Okay, I'm ready. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Wow. I taste the gravy. That tastes like Thanksgiving. Mm. (laughs) It really Mm -hmm. does. Wow, I I really do taste gravy. I taste stuffing. I don't think stuffing was one of the ingredients, but... (laughs) It's the seasoning that you put in stuffing. That's what... Wow. I'm going to have to tell my husband That literally tastes like Thanksgiving in Mm -hmm. a Pringle. Mm -hmm. That's really freaking good. That is good. Huh. Mmm. Pringles have like the right amount of salt. Mm-hmm. It's a good texture. I like that the potato chips are all consistently shaped. You know, unless you get that one that got smashed. There's some smashed Like a bag of here. potato chips. Wow. I There's really always like a bunch that. of broken ones, and these are all nice and whole. Yeah, this is really good. I definitely get like gravy. I get gravy, but mm-hmm. I get the stuffing seasoning mm. too. This is so good. It is really good. What I do you give one it? more out of 10? I'm going to eat it. No, I'm it a 10. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to give it a 10 too. Mm. I think I'm actually going to buy one a more. bunch more of them and stock up so I can... Mm. Like, I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. You know, I've Christmas talked, is mine, but I love... Well, Halloween is mine, actually. I've talked but. in the past about how it annoys me now that the Black Friday has kind of overtaken Thanksgiving. People are starting to boycott it, though. Good. Certain stores are no longer opening for... I love that. You know, that was one of the things I loved about Thanksgiving was that everything was closed and it was just like a night to spend with family. family. It was all about family. You know, now it's everybody going through the paper and and figuring out where they're going to go for the Black Friday shopping. So ridiculous. And it starts at midnight now. Sometimes yeah. before. Yeah. But like so Walmart, where do you go? Walmart's open at... Well, there's Walmarts that are open 24-7. Yeah, but I mean, their Black Friday stuff starts at like 6 o'clock Thanksgiving That's night. That's crazy. You they know. should be home with their families at that time. Do the you people go, do you working. Do Black Friday shopping? No. No. Aaron I think I, um, like four years ago or something, Jim and I went to Kohl's on a Black Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and nobody was there <laughs> because really? the, the crowds were all gone by then. And we just went to pick up like one thing. We weren't even doing Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. I think maybe when I was a teenager... Or early 20s, I did Black Friday once, and I was like, I will never do this again. I've never done it. This is I've insane. never done it. That's traditionally the day Aaron and I go geocaching. Oh, nice. That's like our geocaching holiday. Aw. You're supposed to have decent weather this week, so. No, it's supposed to be like rainy slash oh, really? snowy on Friday. I thought it was. Friday, oh. Saturday, and Sunday. Oh. We've had a horrible winter here it's so far. It's been so weird. <laughs> I'm back on my diet, so I was excited that I was going to get to go out to walk on my trail in the mm-hmm. woods because... You know, autumn's going to be nice and cool, <laughs> and there was basically no autumn. Yeah. It went from hot and humid to all of a sudden snow. Yeah, although it's been a while since we've had snow, but it's basically been raining yeah. now. Yeah, so I can't walk on a trail because it's just a sloppy mess Sloppy mess of mud. Yeah. So I'm just super annoyed because I love my walking on my trail and can't do it. So where do you go for Thanksgiving? Corey's? My, uh, Corey's wife's aunt's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's cool. generally where I go for Thanksgiving, so it'll be nice. Nice. We head up north. Well, I hosted last year. We hosted last year, but we're heading up north this year. So, for just Thursday, are you back just the Friday? day? Yeah, we'll just go for the day. Yeah, 
with Lulu, we don't spend the night. So no, I just want stuffing and mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Turkey's okay, but yeah, I could do without the turkey. Yeah, you could just, just give me the stuffing, stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the, mash- and and the rolls and the rolls. Yep. The carbs. Just give me all the carbs. <laughs> Maybe I'll just stay home and eat my roast turkey Pringles. <laughs> Dip them in mashed potatoes. Oh, oh that, would you, be that would be so good. good. Oh, okay. Yum. Gluttonous. <sighs> and lastly, I would just like to read a really sweet email we got from our stranger, Sarah. I think it's Usselton. Usselton or Usselton? Okay. She's really sweet. I talked to her quite a bit, actually. She said, hey, Krista and Kurt. My name is Sarah, a newish listener in Arkansas. I discovered you about a month ago while searching for a podcast on D.B. Cooper, and then parentheses, she has the Cooper Vortex. And I haven't even begun listening to my original query because I've been binging on your amazing podcast (laughs) ever since. Nice. I listen to you guys when I'm getting ready in the morning and at work, but most importantly, during my commute. Your lovely Wisconsin accents have a calming effect on my road ragery. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I'm stuck in a traffic jam because a tractor trailer hit 34 deer or an actual tractor is only going 34 miles an hour being driven by deer, I just focus on the positive. Kurt said we may be living in a computer simulation and in an alternate timeline, I may get to work with time to spare. All joking aside, you guys are fantastic, genuine, and come up with some extremely interesting topics and theories. I'm completely hooked and look forward to every new episode. I'm working on finding you something amazing to taste from the delightfully, horrifically podunk state of Arkansas. <laughs> it won't be a deep fried armadillo or anything. I promise. Keep up the amazing work. I hope you both know how awesome you are. Stay strange. She's funny. She is. And that's such a sweet email. So really thank you sweet. so much, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Arkansas is one of those states I forget about. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> not really. I've never been there, so I don't really... It's not one of those states I... I had to have been in Arkansas at some point, I think. Really? When we used to drive down south with my dad and stuff oh, like that. okay. I think. Where is Arkansas? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I assume it's south. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Arkansas listeners. <laughs> I'm terrible at geography. Uh, if I haven't been there, I don't know where it is. No. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. <laughs> I'm pretty decent with United States geography, but I'm just like drawing a blank on Arkansas. When it gets to the middle stuff, <laughs> then you just don't know it. where anything is. You're good yeah. with the edges. You're good with the edges. I'm really good at the edges. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, we're just going to do a couple updates on stories that we've done on the show. So, the first one is the Blue Whale. Oh, Back, yeah. That wow. Was, our was that first, like our first episode? That was our first. Dang. That was a long time ago, it actually. It was. And I was so nervous. Were you? Yeah. I guess I had been doing it for a while, so I wasn't. That's why I used to drink beer during those first couple podcasts was <laughs> to loosen up. beer? I drink beer, but then my I'd make my gurgly burpy sounds. I don't remember you drinking beer. Is that weird? Uh, yeah. I had Coors Light, like the big king cans of Coors Light. Weird. I Except then you know that. I can't burp and you, and it would make like that <laughs> sound Kurt in my looks throat. looks like he's pregnant by the time he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The beer baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I was I was nervous those first it took like the first three or four episodes before I wasn't really nervous anymore. You've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so according to a November second, twenty nineteen article from The Sun, quote, two girls died this week after they were hit by a freight train near Krasnufimsk in the Urals, Russia. Is this this week you're talking about? This happened this yes, week? Yes, this happened not this week, but this month. This month, okay. Yeah. Yulia Medvedia, 13, and I, Gabdulkakova, 15, were hugging close to the railroad tracks when they were hit by the train and dragged down the tracks. The driver slowed the train at the last second but could not avoid hitting them. Yulia died at the scene while the other girl was rushed to the hospital, but doctors were unable to save her. 
It's reported that the two girls had deleted their social media accounts shortly before their deaths. Hmm. And that's what a lot of people tie it to the blue whale thing, because that was one of the final steps with the blue whale is to delete your social media accounts and stuff. So that was kind of a reach, I think. But that showed up in a lot of searches for, Hmm. you know, blue whale deaths. I mean, I think that's probably something that people do when they're contemplating suicide is start giving things away, deleting accounts, things like that. So I don't know that it necessarily points to Blue Whale, but... And according to a January 31st, 2019 article on the International Business Times website, a 13-year-old girl from Adana, Turkey, shot herself after being influenced by the Blue Whale Challenge, a social networking phenomenon that has been linked to several teenagers' deaths in different countries. The incident took place January 21st. The victim was identified as Amin Karadag. News agency Sputnik Turkey reported that following the... Wait, ins- what? Sputnik. That's, that's their... <laughs> Sputnik Turkey, Turkey. Sputnik Turkey. Okay. News agency Sputnik Turkey reported that following the instructions given in the online challenge, she used her father's rifle to kill herself. She was found dead in her bed. Oh, my. Her uncle, Mahmoud Karadag, said, quote, she had laid on the bed, put a single bullet in her father's rifle, and shot herself. While going through her notes after the incident, the family found pictures of whales, a list of 25 things to do that said, quote, before I die, and a note that began with the words, suicide is an escape. Hmm. Her uncle said, quote, we read her notebook. We found some drawings and notes. She was part of a group where they have been playing this blue whale game. We found notes saying today that she will do this and will do that, and she will beat these children. We will commit suicide and go to heaven and then resurrect and come back here. So she has been completely the under the influence of this game. Hmm. Well, and rumor has it, suicide does not result in a trip to heaven. No. So refresh my memory. Is the Blue Whale, is it a website that you go to or an app or? It was just one of those things that I don't think there was a specific website for it. I think it was just one of those things that you like so you, you were in a chat room and somebody was okay. like, hey, you should play this game, you know. Okay. So I think that's pretty much what it was. It didn't have a designated app or anything like that. Which would be kind of foolish on the creator's part, I suppose. And according to a February 1st, 2019 article on Heavy.com, quote, Isaiah Gonzalez, a 15-year-old from San Antonio, Texas, committed suicide in 2017 and broadcast the actions on a Facebook live stream. Oh, jeez. I know. That is just so disturbing. His mother, Angela Gonzalez, said that she believed he was assigned daily tasks for 50 days from a blue whale social media group. The tasks included actions like carving things into your arm, and he was threatened if he didn't follow through. Isaiah hung himself in a bedroom closet with a cell phone nearby to film himself, his parents said. They said he was sending photos of his completed tasks to his friends, and his friends thought it was a joke, the Washington Post reported. The Blue Whale Challenge morphed into what is known as the Momo Challenge, which blew up when Kim Kardashian posted about it on Instagram to her 130 million followers. And I remember the Momo Challenge. I remember that sounds really familiar. So it, what it, did Kim Kardashian post about it? That it was that kids were killing themselves okay. and somebody needs to do something about yeah. it and all that. I can't stand the Kardashians. Well, at least she did something good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. So, but I remember the Momo challenge being a thing for a little while and Mm -hmm. it kind of fizzled out like after that. You didn't hear a whole lot more about it. Mm -hmm. But according to a February 28th, 2019 article in The Atlantic called, quote, Momo is not trying to kill children. The article says, 
These trends are part of a moral panic fueled by parents' fears and wanting to know what their kids are up to, Benjamin Radford, a folklorist and research fellow at the Committee for Skeptic Inquiry, told Rolling Stone. And spreading them can actually end up causing harm. These stories are highly publicized, and starting a panic means vulnerable people get to know about it, and that creates a risk, the UK-based suicide awareness charity The Samaritans told The Guardian. Some kids can also end up hurting themselves by participating in the trend ironically. I totally agree with that. I mean, I understand. I do too. You want the parents to know about it, but that means the kids are also going to know yeah. about it then. And but, you know, like I, when I looked up some of these cases, there's only like one or two, and it's always these sketchy news sites that talk mm-hmm. about these Russian girls that kill themselves. Yeah. Are they actually legitimate cases? Yeah, that's the thing is that there's not a... Of course, it's Russia, so there's probably not going to be a lot of coverage that we're going to hear. Right. But is it, uh, you know, is it like a satanic panic thing where it's way blown out of proportion? Yeah. I could totally see it being that. But then you do have, like, kids that kill themselves and they find the drawings of the whales and right. stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Now I'm starting to kind of lean more towards it's like an urban legend kind of thing that I hate the idea that it's real. Yeah. I mean, but I what totally agree with thing. what what he said. What they said about some kids can end up hurting themselves by participating in the trend ironically because some people might start going along with it as a yeah, joke, sure, and then actually like carve something into their arm or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so or I, that starts out as a joke and then they find themselves getting sucked into it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know what to think. I really... I'm so glad this stuff did not exist when I was a kid. Oh, I know. We had like chain letters. Yeah. (laughs) And those were delightful. Yeah. Break the chain, something bad's going to happen to you. Oh my God. So I I don't know. I I mean, I know it's been a long time since we had our episode about the blue whale, but I still don't know what to think. Three seasons long. I'm I'm leaning towards that it's more urban legend than it is fact-based. And even the news reports, like I've seen it on local news they're all, all very cautious about whether or not this is even a real thing. Yeah. So, and yeah. at that point, it's like, why are you reporting about it then? Yeah, because the, they're opening it up to more people to, to like be like, oh, that sounds cool, and then do a, a or Google just search. believe that it's even real. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. It's a head scratcher a little bit. I'm good. Do you want me to put the cover on? Sure. Do you want more? No, I'm good. Oh. Do you want to take him home? Kurt, we both know you want to take these home. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Blue Whale. Hmm. Don't know what to think. It is really strange that because it's, you know, we're hearing about it here in the U.S. If it were a real thing, I think, I feel like we'd be coming across stories about kids here in the U.S. dying. Yeah. I so mean, there are some. There, always there, like, there are some. There was like that one, uh, the Gonzalez was in, in the United oh, States. right. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't but know. But is it say. also, is it also... If, you know, if you're thinking of killing yourself, doing, making it look like that was responsible for it so that, you know, in order, I don't want to say ease your parents' mind about why you killed yourself. You know, is it easier to blame it on something like that than it is to, you know, are you trying to like assuage your parents' Hmm. guilt? I don't know. Then, But I feel like then you're sending your parents down this on this wild goose chase to find something that might not even exist. Yeah. Like they could spend the rest of their lives trying to hunt down the original, you know, where the blue whale came from or who's doing it. And yep. that may be a completely impossible thing to do. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I don't know either. 
it's just depressing. No it, it really what. is. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's so sad. Suicide just in general is so yeah. sad, especially a kid yeah. who has their whole life ahead of them and they don't understand that whatever they're going through now is going to be different in five years. Oh, totally. Totally. And now it's a Detloff pass. Oh, another depressing story. <laughs> yeah, so did was, you watch the Josh yes, Gates episode? We'll, we'll get into okay, that a little bit good. towards the end. According to a February 14th, in case you guys don't know, this was the, the case where a group of hikers were found dead under mysterious circumstances in Russia. Yes. Uh, and the oh, leader of the group, his name was... Detloff, yeah. Oh, we've been pronouncing that wrong, though. I'm still pronouncing it like okay, I've always pronounced Josh it. because Josh Gates pronounced it, and Dayet- I can't even Dayetlov? think... Dayetlov? Dayetlov yeah. or something like that. I'm still just pronouncing it Detloff. <laughs> According to a February 14th article in the Moscow Times... Andrea Kirikov, an official at the Sverdlovsk region, well, so many words are hard yeah, to pronounce. Yeah, got today. a lot of Russian stuff happening. An today. official at the Sverdlovsk region prosecutor's office said at a press conference on February fourth that the state prosecutor's office had requested access to all documents relating directly or indirectly to the case. Beginning the following month, investigators would be returning to the scene to carry out nine separate examinations. According to Kirikov, the investigations will only be considering three theories, including a hurricane, snow slab, or an avalanche. I'm sorry, a hurricane? That's what it said. Okay. That's what it said. Up in the mountains? A hurricane, snow slab, or avalanche. And I just okay. don't, I don't, it's, these possibilities have been narrowed down from an official list of 75 theories ranging from government conspiracy to supernatural events. I don't understand why you don't go in the investigation that you're going to look at all possibilities. Right. Go in and why do you go in and say I'm only looking at three possibilities? <laughs> One of them's a hurricane, which I don't know. You know, that's like when detectives think they have a suspect, and so all of their investigation completely focuses on that suspect, yeah. and that might not be even the person who did the yeah, crime, and exactly. they ignore everything else. Exactly. So I just thought it was weird that they just <sighs> eliminated a everything. Hurricane. I, I don't know. Up in the mountains during a blizzard. Okay. Sounds Apparently, plausible. in a snow slab or an avalanche. I don't know what a snow slab is. I feel I'm like a, it's I'm a, a form of an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> like a slab of snow. <laughs> so they're picking some real good theories to check out there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Also at the press conference was Peter Bartolome, a friend of Detloff. He said, quote, a year prior to the incident, we went to the subpolar Urals in an expedition where the conditions were much more difficult than his last venture. I have always characterized him as a wonderfully knowledgeable person, an athlete, always well prepared. One could always rely on him. I can say the same for the rest of the group, although we did not go on many expeditions as with Igor. I don't know who Igor hmm. is. That he? I am glad that years after a high level investigation is being resumed to understand what exactly happened. According to the website Russia Beyond, Russian blogger Valentin Degertev, who runs a page about the paranormal and unexplained, believes that the deaths of the Detlov group were caused by a small missile that hit the side of a nearby rock. He says in his online journal that evidence of a 100-foot wide crater can be seen on closer inspection of the satellite images of the area, and it is situated about a mile and a half from the site of their tent. Hmm. He says, quote, the granite was melted to basically red glass. I think the temperature at the moment of impact was very high. This is clearly visible on the satellite images. Having been woken up by the shockwave, the hikers were probably blinded by the bright light, probably suffering temporary loss of vision. This explains their sudden escape and descent into the woods. 
I believe the missile had probably gone off course and changed direction, hitting the mountain face accidentally. Hmm. That and sounds I, actually I guess that, that is a, that is like plausible, but I could see how that would cause panic and I don't can you I don't I've seen pictures of their tent. I mean it's a pretty thick looking tent. I don't think they would have been tent. blinded by I oh, think they would have yeah, more freaked true. out at you know what the hell just happened. Yeah, unless when they came out of their tent, it was still. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't that's know. That's a either. good. That's a good question. It is. It, it's a good theory. It, it is like something happened. Like something like that happened to make them. And there's some things that happened on the Josh Gates episode that. Yes. So now we get to sexpedition. Sexpedition. <laughs> no, that was that's on a different channel. Sexpedition unknown. Yeah, I had to pay 19.99 to watch that channel. one. Yeah. So now we get to expedition unknown. <laughs> I'm gonna giggle about that all day. Oh boy! Oh, you just I'm gonna leave that a in. New, I'm not even gonna a new pastime. We I'm have not, a new hobby. <laughs> thanks to Chris. <laughs> I'm not even gonna edit that out. Um, so expedition unknown. And it was a two-parter. So yeah, and I it was really good. I feel like he's done more of an investigation than the officials have done. <laughs> the officials have. It was really. It was a really. I thought good it was episode. really good too. I feel like he too quickly wrote off some possibilities, though. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. So if you didn't see the episode, like the big thing at the end of the episode was that according to the official reports, February 21st is when the Russian authorities first launched the search party, 10 days after the hikers were due back, and the tent wasn't found until February 26th. So February 21st, according to the official report, is when they officially left to go find out what happened. Okay. On Expedition Unknown, a document surfaced that was written in 1959 by the chief prosecutor. The document was dated February 15th and stated that the prosecutor's office was aware of the hikers' deaths and they were traveling to the site to look into it. That's Hmm. six days ahead of the day that they supposedly left to look for the hikers. And the document acknowledges that at that point they were already known to be dead. That just throws the whole timeline off. That does. and And that totally makes me think that it was... Like that they were killed by soldiers, possibly. That mm. something something happened. I mean, if it was a missile, like how did they die? I mean, how did they why right, it doesn't say, explain their injuries and say it was a missile. They would have freaked out, left the tent. Why couldn't they have just gone back to the tent? Right. Why did they stay away from the tent? I right. don't understand that. You know, I want to say that they were possibly killed by soldiers, but it still would have taken the soldiers too long to get there because Expedition Unknown showed that it was way, oh, way, it was way, out way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that was crazy. You know, like it, it, it was nothing it was like... Basically I, my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing like I pictured it. The area where it happened no. was nothing like I pictured it. Yeah, I was picturing I more of a wooded area. Me too. Instead of this flat... Wide open. Wide open expanse sub-zero. of snow. Yeah. You know, so the fact that... It, the document acknowledges that they went out to look for them, knowing that they were dead before they supposedly did. And how did they know that they were dead already? I don't know. I don't know. So it's just, it, it makes it even more of a mystery. <laughs> right. Like, you know, if, say that there were soldiers there that knew that they were dead, how would the soldiers have gotten word back Right. in time? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was even more of a mystery it's a now, head scratcher. But for something sure. something is a miss. A miss. <laughs> yeah. Something is really a miss with that. But hmm. it was a really fascinating two episodes. You know, the first episode is basically him getting to Russia <laughs> and right. getting out to that area. Yeah. You know, so if, if you have a chance to watch it, definitely watch it. Because it was really good. But now 
you know, I was kind of hoping that it would solve something, but now I feel like it's... But they're even, officially reopening yeah, the case yeah. because of that. Well, he says it was because of the episode, but because of things they uncovered yeah. during that episode. But then you could see that they, their official investigation where they were only looking at hurricanes, yeah. snow slabs, or avalanches. That was not mentioned in the episode. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's so silly. I wanted an answer, and I feel like it's even more of a mystery now yeah. what happened. I, I'm coming to the conclusion that they were killed by people. I don't know. Right. You know, did, some they kind of see, did they thing? see something that they weren't supposed to? And right. the soldiers came to retrieve a missile that had gone off course. And I don't know. But then why would they have run out of their tents like that? I their don't know. Their injuries are really strange, too. And I don't think some kind of natural disaster could explain their injuries. I don't think so. I mean, people who appear to have been like crushed from the inside, but they don't have any injuries yeah. on the outside and yeah. tongues missing. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. It's still a mystery. <sighs> We're not really updating a whole lot here. No. We're just adding to the mysteries about, just that the, about things. It's been reopened, really, but yeah. in sort of a half-assed way. If I don't think we're going to find out in our lifetime what it was. What Unless happened. somebody who was involved comes forward and says something. Yeah. But, it, you know, it sucks to be like to to be Detloff's friend that's never going to get a solid answer on what happened. Mm-hmm. So. And, the, and, and, you know, a few decades, anybody who was alive at that time and involved is probably going to be gone anyway yep. and now we get to another one that's not even going to get answered probably in our lifetime which is unfortunate and that is maura murray Ooh, we have an update though well on november 25th and then again on december 1st i believe this was last year okay well it's not this year no on november 25th <laughs> and again on december 1st two different trained cadaver dogs responded to possible human remains in a basement of a house very close to where Mora crashed her car I in 2004. I do remember that, yeah. Yep. Fred Murray had actually, Fred Murray's her dad, mm-hmm. Fred Murray had actually received a tip about the basement shortly after the crash. Neighbors told him that they believed someone buried a body right there in the basement around the time Mora went missing. And there's like a concrete slab or something? I, I don't know if that's the same house as oh, a concrete okay. slab in the, like the random concrete slab in the yard. No, it was in a house and I thought it was like in a closet area or something. I don't think that's the same house. Oh. I don't think it's the same Because there was like a documentary series. Yeah. That, maybe that's what I'm remembering. Okay. So this is after that. Yes. Okay. Uh, neighbors told Fred that they believe someone buried a body there around the time Mora went missing. The owners, however, never answered the door to let Fred inside. He tried multiple times over the course of 14 years, but could never get a hold of the owners. Well, that's suspicious. That's very suspicious. And, you know, I don't know if it pays for him to go to the police because the police there seem like they're dragging their feet about the whole thing. Yeah, agreed. You know, so I don't know. I think they're con- the police are convinced that she left of her own accord. Yeah. Oh, I think so, too. I think they think she ran off into the woods because she was drunk. Or that she's living somewhere else. I that's I like that theory. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's plausible, but I like that no, theory. No, but I think that they some people just want to go with that because yeah. then they don't have to look for her. But there's, there's like a rash of people seeing, you know, like there's that video from the Star Wars convention where somebody is convinced that she's there in the video did you ever see that no there's like a video why would she be (laughs) well there's a video of that's such a publicized event somebody had this on uh on youtube and it's a a video of all different things but there's one scene where they're at like a star wars convention not a star trek convention a star wars convention you said star wars and did i yeah and there's a girl that kind of looks like maura murray and she's got a young daughter with her that would be the right size to have or the right size the right age to have been born when is this when did this i don't happen? remember because don't remember. now she would be much older much yeah. much older yeah so unless this woman was but in her like the, 40s the girl 
would be the same. And that when that video was taken, the girl would be the same age that she would have been if Maura was pregnant at the time she disappeared. Okay. So there were a lot of people that were convinced that that person in that video was Maura Murray and her daughter. Hmm. And you know, you're you're not gonna be recognized at something like that because not that many people Probably knew not. about Maura Murray at the time. Right. So, but a lot of people think that's her. And then there's other videos where there's somebody. Have there you was seen one the video? Of, yeah. There was one there. There was another video like in a flash mob in a McDonald's or something like that where the camera swings sideways for a second. And people think that the girl that's standing to the side of the person is Maura Murray. Hmm. But a lot of these, I don't think so. So the thing is, if these are recent videos, does she look like Maura Murray would look 20 years, however many years I later? So. I'll send you the I'll send you the Star Wars, the Star Wars one that people okay. think is her. Because I think people have in their mind that she still looks like that oh, I person do. I mean, in all I totally those photos. Do too. Like when I think of her, I think of how she looked when she was in yeah. her 20s. So I think if you saw somebody who resembled her, you'd get all excited, but then you'd have to remind yourself she does not look no, like that No, it looks like anymore. an older version of her. Okay. I don't remember what year the video was shot, but people, a lot of people are convinced that yeah, that's Yeah, I want to see that. And, but I don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it is. Hmm. You know, and they say they think that she could have been pregnant with her boyfriend's Mm-hmm. baby and that's why she split was because he's kind of an, with all the alcohol he's supposedly the car, <laughs> yeah he's supposedly an abusive mm. you know jerk supposedly i don't know yeah uh so back to the house okay when new people bought the house fred murray tried again and they let him inside on three separate occasions two cadaver dogs and ground penetrating radar equipment all pinged on the same location mm. fred had been tipped about According to an article on the Daily Collegian website, in April 2019, New Hampshire Associate Attorney General Jeffrey Strelzen announced that a home in Woodsville, New Hampshire, would be searched for her remains. The home near the scene of Maura Murray's car crash had the concrete from the basement area removed, but the search turned up empty. So that's what I remember. There was concrete that got... Okay. But the search... I had that part right at least. They dug and there was nothing. Yeah, I do remember that. That Strelzen, was this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Strelzen says, quote, We did contact the homeowners and they graciously allowed us in, gave us consent to search their home. We found absolutely nothing other than a small piece of what looks like pottery and maybe old piping. Hmm. Strelzen said investigators searched the basement area where ground-penetrating radar financed by private citizens had detected a disturbance last November, but nothing was there. Fred Murray is quoted as saying, This one hurts because I thought we finally had it. This one is worse than the other false alarm and dead ends. I was very sure. Yeah. That's so, got to be so hard. Yeah. I mean, if it were me, I would never stop looking. I remember there was a lot of excitement in the Maura Murray yeah, Reddit groups I was and excited. stuff when, when they were going to dig up this basement. Mm. But so I, don't, I don't get how the cadaver dogs could get hits in this area and then there turns up... Nothing. Nothing. Right. You know, I don't know. There has to be something there. You would think, but... You know, and then, of course, people are, are crying that it's a conspiracy by the police mm-hmm. because the police know what happened to her and they don't want her body found. Oh, boy. You know, so it's the same old, same old with the Maura Murray stuff. And and uh, so many people forget that she was a person. That, I know. You know and, and she has a family that's left yeah. behind so, who just wants closure and answers. So I they still can... follow a lot of the Maura Murray Reddits and a lot of the Maura Murray updates, but... I don't it's, listen it's, to the podcast anymore, though. Missing Maura Murray. I haven't listened to it in a while. They've moved on to other cases, actually. There's so much infighting between certain people in the groups. Oh, I can't handle you the know, drama. No, and uh, I don't even want to get into this, but there was a girl that ran a podcast called 107 Degrees. I think her name was Erin Larkin. Like okay. She was 
she was friends with, I think, Kate Markopoulos, who was one of Maura's friends. Okay. And she supposedly knew Maura, and she ran a, a blog and then started doing a podcast. And I believe now people... What's his name? James Renner? Mm-hmm. I think it's James Renner. I don't remember, but people are starting to believe that she had something to do with the disappearance. So they're digging into her background and coming up with stuff. And somebody that was a moderator on the Maura Murray, Maura Murray Facebook page, somebody was investigating him because he was friends with Aaron Larkin and found out that he had a charge in the past for child pornography. So that turned into a big oh boy. thing. So it's it's... You know, every now and then somebody in the group is like, you becomes people, a moving you, target. Yeah, like you know, everybody, people are like, you people are missing that this isn't about you and this is about trying to figure out what happened to Mora and to mm-hmm. give the family some closure. But everybody is turning into this pissing contest, mm-hmm. you know, like who's who's more of an expert in the Mora Murray thing? Oh, Obviously, geez. not us based on our, <laughs> our episode, but we make a fine burrito. <laughs> We do. So, mm. yeah, there's still no updates. And I I wish to God that we would find out one yeah. day what happened to her. I agree. And and if she was murdered, that whoever did it. I mean, you never know that these cases do get solved decades yeah. later. But yeah, I hope her dad is still around to have that closure. I do, too. But I happens. just don't think that's going to happen. Probably not. I really don't. It's sad. Yes, it is. And now we get to another one of our stories we did. And this one, I won't tell you what it is, but you'll know in a second. Okay. From the History Channel's website, quote, gaining full and unprecedented access to one of the most infamous and secretive hotspots of paranormal and UFO-related activities on Earth, the History Channel's new show, quote, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, will feature a team of scientists and experts who will conduct a thorough search of this infamous 512-acre property located in Utah. This is news to me. Yeah, they will attempt to find out the truth behind more than 200 years of mysteries involving everything from UFO sightings and paranormal activities to animal mutilations and Native American legends of a shape-shifting creature simply known as the Skinwalker. Wow. The History Channel has not yet announced a premiere date for the new series. But I'll totally be watching that. Me too. Because I love anything with Skinwalker Ranch. Me too. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it really is. So I'm excited about that. So definitely keep an eye out. We'll let you know because I think it's not going to be on until next season when we're starting season four. Crazy. That we will let you know when The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch starts. So super excited about that. What channel is it again? History Channel. History Channel. Yep. Nice. Yep. Huh. And now we get to Tom DeLong. We mentioned him in our news first or our first season story news stories from that year. Hmm. The Tom name DeLong, rings a bell, but I Tom can't Tom DeLong remember. was one of the guys from Blink One Eighty Two. Oh yes, and he's in Angels oh, and Airwaves. Yes. He's hardcore into aliens. Yes, right? he's hardcore okay. into aliens, and he started uh, to the Stars Academy. Okay, which we I think a lot of people ridiculed when it first started that he wanted to do all this investigate UFOs and all that stuff, and they had that show on. I can't remember what it was called. I didn't watch it, but it was decent. The thing is, he's serious about it. Yeah, so he at is least, very serious, and, and he's, he's got very money to throw into it. Yeah. So why Hang not? Hang on a second, I got to see what the show was called because I watched it. So just looked it up. Tom DeLonge's show was called "Unidentified: Inside America's UFO Investigation." Okay, it was a pretty decent show, but I feel like I got burned out on UFO shows. Kind of like I got burned out on paranormal ghost on ghost shows, hunting shows. Yeah. I feel like I'm at that point now with with ufo shows yeah 
Check out Destination Fear, though. It's actually not it. bad. Yeah. So just real quick, the kind of main, there's only three people. This guy, his sister, and their childhood best friend. And the guy who's running the show, I, of course, don't know anyone's names. He was a cameraman. He's a documentary maker, and he was a camera guy for um, Ghost Adventures. Oh, nice. So at least he has a history in, yeah, in this sort in of that, thing. But it's they're they're way less dramatic there's no provoking there's nothing like that but it's kind of crazy some of the stuff that is happening when they're in these locations and it seems pretty legitimate i've heard some evps that blew my mind even my husband who's a total skeptic got the goosebumps a few times so i'll have to check that out yeah i don't think i've ever heard of that it's entertaining if anything so on october 17th of this year tom delong tweeted Major news, To The Stars Academy has entered into a cooperative research and development agreement with the U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command to advance TTSA's material and technology innovations. So, I mean, that's actually like a big thing that they're, yeah. they're actually working with the Army. Right. I did see this in the headlines yeah. at some point. A press relief from To The Stars Academy said that the Army will help the group's research into, quote, material science, space-time metric engineering, quantum physics, beamed energy propulsion, and active camouflage in search of potential military applications. Hmm. And there was this big thing where they claimed that they had a piece of metal that had come from a UFO. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't really look into that too much. That might be the a topic for a... It's pouring. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that might be a topic for a mini mystery. Okay. Whatever this metallic... Who's claiming that? Tom who DeLong Is claiming that the military has? That they have it. That the, to the Stars Academy oh. has it. Oh. That they were given that... I believe it came from Roswell, that somebody had it from Roswell mm. and gave it to them. Okay. So that's kind of been a big thing. So I think we're going to get into that in another episode. But yeah, he's the fact that they're working with the army and stuff that, I mean, this is a legit, this to the stars Academy is a legit thing. Hmm. But then there's a lot of people that are saying that he's, uh, you know, he's all into the UFO stuff, but then there's a lot of people that believe the government is using him to put out disinformation. Oh boy. You now come the conspiracy <laughs> theories. Yeah. You know how it is. So a lot of people think that they're feeding him lies to tell the public because he's kind of a... You know, I, Blink-182 were kind of a big band. That oh, he's they were kind a big of like a, a voice for a, a the vessel. younger people. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people that right now are are thinking that he's like Just, a disinformation. Do you think he would be that gullible, though? I don't think so. I mean, he's, I mean, a, he's I, a smart guy. He is yeah. a very intelligent guy. Hmm. Yeah. So, but there's that. Who knows? And then just the month previous to that, the Navy gave credence to To The Stars Academy's work by ruling that three videos the group posted of apparent UFOs have been classified as, quote, unexplained aerial phenomenon by Navy spokesperson Joe Gratisher. And you know that you've seen the the footage of... I'm sure you've seen this because this was actually big news where they had the Navy footage. Well, of it was the, unclassified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they had the Navy footage of that, and it was on fact, that show, Mysteries Decoded. Yes, yes, the fact that they're basically saying this could be a UFO, we don't know what this is, kind of a big thing. It's a huge. You know, deal. a lot of people are saying that this is preparing the way for disclosure about UFOs, mm-hmm. but a lot on that show, Mysteries Decoded. They was that the. That was, is that the episode where they talked about Bob Lazar? I believe so. And she, at the end, it was the only episode where she's like, I can't explain this. She talked to a lot of experts, like people who are physicists, astrophysicists, who said this is impossible the way these crafts are moving. Yeah. It's not possible. Yep. Yeah. He couldn't explain it. Yeah. 
I mean, they're fascinating videos. Yeah, really and, interesting. And, you know, there's people that think that disclosure is going on right now, but they're just putting it out so slowly mm-hmm. that when it's finally like, look, UFOs exist, We're people like, will be like, duh. Eh, yeah, we all knew that already. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's inter- interesting know. stuff. So I'm actually keeping an eye on the Tom DeLonge and to the Stars Academy stuff. because So is this like an actual academy? Like you can go to no, this academy? No, it's like a group. It's like a group. Okay. It's not like an academy school. Like Why is at, he like, called Hogwarts an academy or then? whatever. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds great. <laughs> you know. Is there a sorting hat? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I hear Academy. I think I can sign up and take a class. <laughs> you can ask. You, maybe you and I could enroll there. Sure. I don't know. Now we get to the Dybbuk box. Oh, uh, I the, love within the Within the last box. year, there's been a huge increase in people selling Dybbuk box-like objects online. And I've actually seen some of these. I feel like you can just build one, age, <laughs> yeah, totally. age it up a little, totally. and make like a couple thousand dollars. A March 2019 article on the Somerset Live website says, quote, One seller, who has a number of these boxes for sale, said she inherited an entire collection from her late grandfather, a priest who was known in his hometown for hundreds of personal deliverance ministries and exorcisms. The seller, who last updated the listing yesterday, which was Saturday, March 9th, 2019, said, quote, As we were rummaging through his belongings and estate, we found a room in the basement behind his workbench. Surprised at the fact that my mother was surprised, it shocked me because I was positive this was her childhood home. How could she have not known about this secret room? Hmm. We found where we believed he performed his procedures. A rusted metal bed, a small table, a large amount of what seemed to be dried up vomit and feces were all over the ground. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Or that's just where he kept the people he kidnapped. <laughs> that too. That too. Jeez. She went on to say, a ridiculous amount of these boxes were stacked neatly on top of the bed and under the bed, and a crucifix was on each wall. This was like nothing we'd ever seen before. None of this made any sense to me at all. Per my mother's wishes, she told me to take the boxes to my father's campground and burn them. I had a bad feeling about it. Something was telling me not to do this. What? So I took, do only, it. <laughs> I took only one of the boxes and burned it. The first night after burning the box, I had a horrible nightmare of my grandfather standing over my bed screaming at me and pouring buckets of vomit all over my my room. I thought it was just my subconscious thoughts from the day before, but no. Sounds of whistling and children crying persisted throughout my home at night. Horrible smells of burning and ammonia whenever I passed the garage where I stored the boxes in. Items in my home were misplaced and vanished completely. I felt gusts of cold air floating past me even when I was just sitting on the couch. The children's voices is what really freaks me out. I also have this irresistible urge of anger and harm, which is unlike me. I am a very level-headed and soft-spoken being. I became so uncomfortable in my own home that I found any excuse I could to leave the house and not be there. Upon research, I learned quite a bit about these boxes, and thank God I only burned one. These boxes contain spirits and or demons who usually have caused harm or can cause harm. They are used in binding spells and trapping demonic energies. I also learned that these boxes can be very dangerous and are not to be opened under any circumstances. Please, if you have any paranormal experience with something like this, let me know. If you have no paranormal experience with something like this, move on. I would hate to send any of these boxes into the hands of the innocent. Okay, when you said that there were a bunch of boxes stacked on top of each other, I'm picturing cardboard boxes, like no, moving boxes. Like wooden boxes. Like I didn't Dybbuk, realize they like were the Dybbuk, Dybbuk boxes. boxes. Yeah. So I take that back. Don't burn them. <laughs> but, you know, I was kind of with this until the end where it was like, 
if you have no per- paranormal experience with something like this, move on. I would hate to send any of these boxes into the hands of the innocent. That almost sounds like somebody trying to sell something using reverse right. psychology. Yes. You know, so I, I, I went Challenge from Challenge accepted. <laughs> I kind of went from believing this to, mm. you know, the, the dream of photo. her grandfather pouring buckets of vomit all over her room. <sighs> you know, so I, I think that this is just somebody crafting a story to sell some empty boxes. Has there ever been a Dybbuk box movie? I believe so. I yeah, like there, there was has. just one that just came out not that long ago. I haven't. Yeah, the possession, 2012. Okay, we'll get into that in this next part. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, it's right here in my research. <laughs> Shush. Oh my god. Krista keeps. Krista keeps. Oh, I, keep I also want to give a shout out to Corey for. Oh my god! Yes, for, <laughs> that's our housekeeping. <laughs> that was the housekeeping. A oh. shout out to Corey for debunking our clicking sounds on the yeah. table that creeped us out when Krista and I went out to move our cars. And we left the recorder going mm-hmm. uh, that we were getting these clicks that sounded like something was somebody was tapping, the tapping table. on the table. Corey debunked that when he was here. So thank you, Corey. Yes. It turns out that our chairs here, when we get up off sitting in the chairs for a while and leave the room, the chairs after like 30 seconds or 40 seconds, the chairs make creaking sounds. Yeah. They're plastic and metal folding chairs. Yeah. So when we get out of these... Like if we if we get up now, it might not do anything. But when we leave the room after 20, 30 seconds, yeah, they start popping and cracking. So Corey found that out because both you and I went to the bathroom and Corey stayed in here. And that's when he came out and he's like, I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, I also hear echoing down the hallway. I think I figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) So Corey's our expert debunker. Which I'm thankful for because I'd rather know that it's nothing than not ever know what it was. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, Corey, for figuring that out. But now Krista keeps hearing... Thumping. I'm hearing like thumping noises. Is it my foot hitting the chair? No, it's coming from like out that way. Like I'm pointing south. Outside, outside the room. Yes. I don't know if it's outside or in the building somewhere, but I'm hearing like deep thumping noises. We'll have to get Corey here to figure out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Now, so okay. where was I? So thank you, Corey, for figuring yes. out what the clicking was. That was the housekeeping. All right. Uh, TMZ posted a video. TMZ. Now that's a uh, reliable, <laughs> reliable news source. <laughs> TMZ posted a video. TMZ posted a video of Post Malone. Apparently, oh, Post he's, Malone. A he's a singer. Yeah, no he's a singer. Yeah, he's got like tattoos all over his face. I have no idea. He looks like he smells. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> looks like he smells. <laughs> TMZ posted a video of Post Malone hanging out with Ghost Adventures host Zach Bagans, where the two were visiting Bagans Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. During this time... Why they, didn't I go there when I was in Vegas? I don't know why hmm. you didn't go there. I didn't leave my hotel. Go on. <laughs> During this time, <laughs> they decided to play with an object called the Dybbuk Box. The Dybbuk Box is allegedly haunted by a malicious spirit, and it was the inspiration for the 2012 movie The Possession. So the theory is that Post got cursed after playing with the box. So how did Post get cursed if he didn't actually touch the box? Well, according to Baggins, Zach touched the box, and then a visibly freaked out Post Malone touched Zach on the shoulder. Oh, good lord! <laughs> well, it so might not. So Zach is a Dybbuk box now. Apparently, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> uh, while it might not seem like enough that something so small could bring forth a curse, Zach told the source that he believes it was enough to trigger Post bad. Post's bad luck, which included his private plane being forced to make an emergency landing after its tires blew off, three armed robbers targeting a home that they thought was his, and his Rolls Royce being involved in a serious car accident. 
Got some serious first world problems there. <laughs> yeah. So, my private plane, my Rolls Royce, and my mansion. <laughs> my mansion. Yeah. <laughs> but then the fact that these people, these three armed robbers broke into a house that they thought was his, but wasn't his, it's kind of good luck. You know? Right. Yeah. But so Zach... I just think that's common. He's a target. He's so, a rich yeah. guy that... Well, apparently so, everyone but us knows about. Zach so. is convinced that he channeled the evil curse of the Divic box when Post Malone touched well, it him. Well, it wouldn't be newsworthy if that weren't happening. But then, last year, for the special Halloween Ghost Adventures live episode, Zach said he was going to reopen the box during the live special under one condition, that he does not feel the same supernatural sensation that he and Post felt in the room that day that summer. So he won't open it if, if he, he feels, feels that, that same, same vibe, vibe in the, the room box. that he felt when he was in there with Post Malone. Okay. Well, during the show, they felt a sensation again and decided not to open it. As you can imagine, viewers were pissed. Yeah. As one viewer tweeted, quote, nothing says Ghost Adventures live like Zach Bagans yelling at a box. <laughs> <laughs> so... Were they, is it like him trying to add some kind of legitimacy? Like, I'm serious about this, so I'm actually going to so. open I think the so. box? I think so. And you then know, tune in that's, next that's time because like maybe that's I'll like open the, the box. That's the thing where if you can't prove something, that means that shows that it's legit because you're not faking it. Right. You know, that's like a weird logic. Yeah. But people were, I remember people were pissed that he, all, they're like, they're going to open the Dybbuk box. They're going to open the Dybbuk box. And then mm-hmm. they get to that show and they're like, eh, they're not going to open this. <laughs> you know. Maybe next time, though. Maybe next tune time. Maybe next Halloween. So, yeah. Nothing hmm. says Ghost Adventures Live like Zach Bagans yelling at a box. Yep. Sounds about right. Or getting possessed. Exactly. It's one of those. Or both. And now we get to my personal favorite story that we've done, the Bet's Sphere. Ooh. There's I, an update on the Bet's Sphere? There kind sphere? of is. Okay. Uh, I only What I only have written is like one sentence, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I can talk more about it because Breaking I've listened news. to it now. I've listened to it now. <laughs> okay. There is an awesome podcast dedicated to the Bet's Sphere called Oddball. Oh, nice. It's actually run by... That's a really cool title, it actually. It is. There's a, a reporter, in a, I can't remember the name of the station, but it's a Florida news station, Okay. where she did a, 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 a... I think it's each one's like half an hour long, or it's like a five series about the Bet Sphere. Okay. And I kind of went into it thinking this is going to be lame, but it was really good. And it amazes me that she got in touch with a lot of people and interviewed them. Like, that were directly involved? Not directly involved, but... You know, she talked to we when we ended our episode. We talked about how Heineck's son said something about them having a silver ball in their basement. Do you remember that? No. That J. J. Allen Heineck went there to investigate. Oh, okay. He and, was one of the people that went in. To... And after he investi- after he checked out the ball, people said it wasn't doing what it used to do. So a lot of people believe that he, he took switched it. it out. And then his son. In a inter- in an interview in a paper, said something about how they had a silver ball in their basement that had something to do with a UFO case from Florida. Hmm. So she actually got in contact with him and interviewed him for the show. Okay. And he says he doesn't think that it was the Bet Sphere because it was bigger, a little bigger than what the Bet Sphere was supposed to be. But this interviewer talked to engineers, talked to people who specialize in in metals about what it could be. Uh, she talked to photographers who actually photographed the sphere in the 70s so she talked to a lot of people People it was really cool yeah it was it was really cool and the uh it ended on a kind of a cliffhanger which was really cool so it's five episodes yeah okay yeah it ended on a really interesting cliffhanger and if you don't want to hear what it is fast forward a minute what if i don't want to hear what (laughs) do you want to hear what it is (laughs) yeah i guess tell me like throughout the whole episode she like desperately wants to talk to jerry betts okay 
And that's like the... the is that the, one of the kids? No, Terry, Terry, the son, is the one that had it in his room. But Jerry Betts is the mom. Jerry, and she's like okay. the one that... Oh, that's right. I got confused yeah. by their names. Yeah, Jerry is like the one that found it. And what was the dad's name? I don't remember. I feel like I I wasn't sure who was the mom or dad because their names. Jerry were... was the mom. Okay, but she's the one that was like the go between between the Navy and okay. reporters and all that. So she is yeah. like the person when it comes to the sphere. But she like notoriously does not want to talk about it. She doesn't want anything to do with it. Right. She doesn't give interviews. She doesn't do anything. So throughout the whole. Show. It ended up not being a good experience for no, their family. No, So throughout the whole show, the re- the reporter that was running the the podcast wanted to meet her, and she ended up getting in touch with one of Jerry's friends, and Jerry's friend brought it up to Jerry, and Jerry completely shot it down. Of course. So, uh the the fifth episode ends where she's like you know i'm probably gonna have to give up on this and then she gets to her office and there's a voicemail and it's from jerry <gasps> so she uh she said that she's got a ton of stuff going on at the because it's the end of the year but next year she'd like to talk to her about it season two yeah so it was really cool well, maybe i was I'll super to excited it. to hear that even with the cliffhanger yeah maybe i mean I'll it was neat to just it. to hear jerry's voice because people thought that she would never talk about it yeah. so i'm That's super really excited cool. super yeah. excited about that because i love the bet sphere i love that whole story about that crazy little ball <laughs> so yeah, check it out if you're into the bet sphere at all it's called Oddball. Okay. It's a really, really good podcast. Nice. Now to Flat Earthers. Oh, Flat Earthers. <laughs> Don't have too much about it, but according to a February 17th, 2019 article on TheGuardian.com, quote, researchers believe they have identified the prime driver for a startling rise in the number of people who think the Earth is flat, and that is Google's video sharing site, YouTube. Their suspicion was raised when they attended the world's largest gathering of flat earthers at the Movement's annual convention in North Carolina in 2017 and then in Denver, Colorado last year. Interviews with 30 attendees revealed a pattern in the stories people told about how they came to be convinced that the earth was not a large round rock spinning through space but a large flat disk doing pretty much the same thing. Of the 30 people, all but one said that they had not considered the Earth to be flat two years ago, but changed their minds after watching videos promoting conspiracy theories on YouTube. Mm. The only person who didn't say this was there with his daughter and his son-in-law, and they had seen it on YouTube and told him about it, said Ashley Landrum, who led the research at Texas Tech University. There's a lot of helpful information on YouTube, but a lot of it is also misinformation, says Landrum. Their algorithms make it easy to end up going down a rabbit hole by presenting information to people who are going to be far more susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. Susceptible to it. Susceptible? Susceptible to a it. Susceptible sexpedition? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's true, though. When you when you get stuck on a topic on YouTube, all these suggested videos start coming up, yeah. and it's literally a rabbit hole. Yeah, and it's like it's like the making a murder like how one-sided yeah. that whole thing oh, was yeah and people just fall into that and then they go <laughs> totally. down youtube videos where it's all avery is innocent avery's innocent mm-hmm. so it's just so easy to get whatever your perceptions are becoming to get them influenced by going and watching these videos mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me that youtube is responsible for the, <laughs> the rise of people that think the earth is flat agreed spoiler it's not <laughs> no it's not flat sorry yep and now on to harp. Okay. March 27th, 2000. <laughs> By the way, when I was in Vegas, I had a couple of people comment on my Wisconsin accent. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I'm owning it. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing our accent. Yeah, I don't people care. People seem to like it. Yeah. I March 2000. 
Wow, you're really struggling with I'm, that. It's been a while since we did this. That's true. <laughs> March We're a little 20, rusty. A March 27th, 2019 article on the Alaska Public Media website called Harp Goes Artsy <laughs> says, quote, in 2015, Harp was taken over by the University of Alaska, which has expanded access to the facility's high-power radio transmitter. You can rent time on Harp for about $5,000 per hour of transmitter time. Wow. I don't think we'll be sending out our podcast from no, Harp anytime soon. No, Amanda Dawn Christie, a video performance and electronics professor at Canada's Concordia University, describes herself as, quote, a transmission artist. It applies okay. to artists who make art about or with the electromagnetic spectrum, Christie said. There's music, huh. there's poetry written in Morse code, there's storytelling, and there's images that will be transmitted in a format called SSTV, which is slow-scan television, Christie said. Christie's one-hour multi-part program is being broadcast over shortwave radio and on the web with software available to download the accompanying images. One part of the broadcast uses recordings of wolves howling. Christie says, quote, I've pitch shifted them to create a musical score out of these wolves that go up to two frequencies and ideally mix in the ionosphere and then come down together on one frequency, Christie said. That's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah, it's fascinating what yeah. people will come up with. Christie emphasizes that the project is not just about the art, but about testing Harp's ability to create and transmit art. Christie says that the project also gets at a long simmering conspiracy theory surrounding the former military facility and that she agrees it may help dispel misunderstandings about HARP. Hmm. People constantly ask, are you controlling the weather? And I'm trying to show that it's simply a radio transmitter. Hmm. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think it that's, is cool. I think that's neat. It doesn't that mean they're not doing bad stuff with it, though. No, I don't think they People do a lot of good stuff with the internet, but people do a lot of bad stuff with the internet. Good too. point. Good point. Hmm. But I just think it's really neat that they're using that for art. Yeah, or for music. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the thing with the wolves. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Or wolves, as my friend Carly likes when I say wolf on the show, because apparently I say wolf and wolves. You say wolves instead of wolves? I say I say woof. Like when, I, when I'm talking fast, <laughs> wolf. a wolf man. Like when I'm talking fast, I <laughs> say... no L. <laughs> no, no. A wolf becomes a wolf. Mm, okay. I've I don't never know noticed. If that's a Wisconsin thing. Other people have called me out on that thing. too. Yeah, it might just be a current thing. <laughs> <laughs> and now to Area 51. You know what the big news about Area Ooh, 51 was? The storm that didn't happen? <laughs> yeah. On a September 26, 2019 CNN article, they had a timeline of the whole Area 51 shenanigans. Okay. <laughs> July 11th, 2019, which was my birthday, more than 1.5 million people say they will attend a Facebook event called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Pledging to raid Area 51 in a quest to, quote, see them aliens. So were they intending to do it via Facebook? No, but that was where people were saying that there. Okay. It's like a Facebook event. Like, yeah, I'm going to show up there. And like, how many people showed up? Not many. Okay. But the, it was in a quest to, quote, see them aliens. See them aliens. See them aliens. Okay. The post suggests that people all stormed the site on September 20th, 2019, which is my brother's birthday, at 3 o'clock a.m. Interesting. Why 3 a.m.? I don't know. I don't know. The witching hour. July 12, 2019, the day after, Laura McAndrews, an Air Force spokesperson, said government officials are aware of the Facebook event. She says, <laughs> Area, she says Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force, and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train armed American forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. And there are signs posted everywhere, like the one that Rhonda gave it's, us, that yes, says, use says deadly Area 51. force authorized. Yeah. So that's basically her saying, we got people here with guns. 
don't come here. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing Area 51's not asleep at 3 a.m. either. No, They're I'm pretty sure. Probably awake. I'm pretty sure it's not like Camp Northwoods or something like that where everybody's <laughs> in their bunks. <laughs> On August 9th, 2019, the Alien Stock Festival, a festival celebrating aliens that's set to take place September 19th through 22nd in Rachel, Nevada, is announced. Quote, we're aiming to establish something unique here, a meeting place for all the believers. Come out to the desert to dive into a world full of live music, arts, and camping under the stars, the festival's website says. Like, I think that's cool. Sounds like Burning Man. Yeah, it sounds a lot like (laughs) Burning Man. I think that was cool that they were trying to do something like that. On August 20th, 2019, officials in Lincoln County, Nevada, vote to pre-sign an emergency declaration in preparation for the influx of visitors. I remember like mm. not knowing what was going to go down. Right. With this. I mean, I really thought people were going to. Yeah. But you know. On September 10th, 2019, organizers cancel Alien Stock, saying, "quote Critical infrastructure needed was not provided for this festival. Instead, people are encouraged to attend the Area 51 celebration in Las Vegas." Celebration. Yeah. Okay. It went from like a mass storming to a celebration? Pretty much. Okay. On September 10th, 2019, two Dutch men were arrested in the Nevada National Security Site near Area 51. The men told police that they saw the no trespassing signs but wanted to take a look at the facility. (laughs) I'm sure. Like they're going to say, oh, go right ahead. Check it out. (laughs) They later plead guilty to trespassing and illegal parking. Oh, illegal (laughs) parking. They'll get you for illegal parking. And then the big day came, September 20th, 2019. Approximately 200 people show up outside the gates of Area 51 for the raid on the facility. That's a lot. 200 is way more than I was expecting. Two people are arrested, according to the Lincoln County Sheriff. There is one alcohol-related arrest, probably somebody from Wisconsin. There is one (laughs) alcohol-related arrest, and a Canadian citizen is arrested for indecent exposure. Oh, good Lord. You guys rock Canada. (laughs) One woman comes close to crossing and is briefly detained and released at the scene. So that was... That was the storming hmm. area 51. Okay. You know. They all just kind of milled about outside the gates. Pretty much. And a handful of people tried to cross. Pretty much. So I'm glad that it didn't. Hey, I, 200 I didn't, people's a lot, I though. did not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if people were going to be getting machine gunned, you know, like thousands of people. I'm but... picturing like a group like linking arms and just running forward. Like, yeah, that didn't happen. No. So that was the area 51 storming. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. Okay. Yep. And now we get to Mothman. Uh... A lot of this comes from the Singular14.com website, which is run by Tobias and Emily Wayland, who we mention on here a lot, and they just had a new book come yeah, out. Yeah, I saw that. And We should probably buy that. They released a book that is available now called The Lake Michigan Mothman, so mm. I totally want to buy that. I keep intending to go on and buy it, and I forget, so I want to order that. Do you have to order it from their website? I believe so. Okay. But the Singular 14 website is really, really good. I actually find myself going there a lot. He does really great research. Yeah, I love he that does. he goes and he does. interviews I mean, people. It's a, it's a very legit, very mm-hmm. good site. I highly recommend it. Singular, Singular14.com. So that's where this came from. Craig Nearing, a member of Fox Valley Ghost Hunters, when we used to be ECWPI, East Central Wisconsin Paranormal Investigations, our founder was kind of Katie. And I think Katie was actually a member of the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters. So that's kind of cool. But Craig Nearing, a member of the Fox Valley Ghost Hunters, recounted an experience in April of this year. He says, and this this one's weird. He says, so, quote, Last night while driving semi, the weather was a sleep mixture and it was about 34 degrees. Close to Wittenberg, I got kind of freaked out. It was dark outside. I was coming down one of the off-ramps to stop for a soda. 
Something fell out of the sky that was really odd, and I can't quite get the image out of my mind. First off, let me say that it wasn't a bird or a bat, but this thing hit my window and mostly splattered on it. I saw it plain as day stuck to my window. I describe it as a small fairy, if you believe in fairies, or possibly, I crap you not, a miniature mothman. Like a baby mothman? Yeah, it had small wings, and again, it wasn't a bat. It had long, stretched-out legs that came down below its body, and it had arms and fingers. Yeesh. I was wide awake and Did he not... get a photo? I was wide awake <laughs> and not drowsy. I was going to take a picture, but mm-hmm. it slid off the window, leaving this massive, gooey stain on my window, Dang. which took several attempts with washer fluid to clean off the window. I remember it was all black, and I didn't see any eyes. I was overwhelmed by the long legs and arms with small fingers. Those that know me and my team know that we don't post false information or tell tales on this site that are not true. I can tell you no trees were overhanging the highway and no bugs were out in this weather, and the stain it left was so intense that it smeared the whole window. I also know what a, fl- what a flying squirrel looks like, and it was not that either. It is still imprinted in my eyes. Size-wise, it was about 8 inches high by 5 inches wide with its wings slightly wider. It's pretty big. He messaged with Tobias Wayland of the Singular Forty and Society saying, quote, The wings were the same color as the body. It seemed to have separation in the wings, like maybe veins or arteries or bones, Nearing said. Considering the wings were kind of mashed on the windshield, it was hard to tell its wingspan. The body was about four inches with the wings going out further, say another four inches per side if they were not squashed. Nearing said he would have liked to have gotten a photograph, but too many factors aligned to prevent it. I was in Shawano County on glare ice and rain in a semi and not allowed to be on my phone, he said. It was these same conditions that prevented him from stopping to look for the body. I was in an 80,000-pound semi, he explained. I can't just stop and turn around in a sleet storm. It's not making a U-turn. No. (laughs) Tobias wrote, quote, This is the latest news in a string of Mothman sightings from within a few hundred mile radius surrounding Lake Michigan, including every state bordering the Great Lake. So Shawano County, though, I mean, if I'm thinking Shawano, that's just west of Green Bay. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't really near the lake. It, it kind of is. I mean, it's it's within it's pretty, a radius. I guess. It's pretty yeah. far west. Yeah. These sightings began in the spring of 2017, but more historical accounts are being reported as more people become aware of this phenomenon. They generally take place in the evening or at night, often in or near a park and around water. Witnesses consistently describe a large gray or black bat or bird-like creature, although in a small number of cases the creature was described as an insect-like, sometimes with glowing or reflective red, yellow, or orange eyes, and humanoid features such as arms and legs are often reported. Many of the sightings are also of something seen only briefly or are described only as a flying creature with few details, which leaves open the possibility that a large bird or bird-like being could explain some encounters. Hmm. So that's weird. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if that's a baby moth, man. A little baby moth. I don't know. Man, moth baby. Moth baby. It'd be cute having a little moth, (laughs) man. A little moth baby. But I I believe him. I believe that something hit his window. You know, so I don't know. Hmm. But that's just a fascinating story. I need to get their book about Lake Michigan sightings. Yeah, it's just interesting to me because that's a new area. I mean, most of them have been in the Chicago area, southern Wisconsin. And this is like... It it sounds like... This is like north central Wisconsin. It's been seen all in the states bordering Lake Michigan. That's been Hmm. seen in Michigan, upper Michigan, and Wisconsin, you know, down by Chicago. So it's it's somehow tied in with Lake Michigan. That's interesting. It is. So I really want to get that book. Hmm. And now Krista's favorite, Bigfoot. Yes. Again, 
A new series for the Travel Channel is coming up called Expedition Bigfoot. I'm super pumped about this. Which will highlight modern-day technology and a team of searchers using an advanced data algorithm, groundbreaking science, and tools to analyze five decades of Bigfoot sightings and to pinpoint when and where to encounter the beast. The eight-part series premieres Sunday, December 8th at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the Travel Channel. Fun fact. Yeah. One of the guys, and I'm terrible at names, so I don't know his name. One of the guys is an actor, and he was in the show Pretty Little Liars, but he was also in the Bobcat Goldwaite, um, Goldthwaite, Goldthwaite, whatever his name is, who is a huge Bigfoot enthusiast. Yeah. Um, he made a movie called Willow Creek that is really good, and that's, this guy was in that movie, and that's cool. he so, is a Bigfoot enthusiast he's, as he's well. He's a big Bigfoot guy. That movie, I love that movie. I've I, never seen that. It's so good. It's like the Blair Witch of Bigfoot of, movies. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so, so I'm definitely, I don't watch any of the Bigfoot TV shows. No, this sounds, them. this sounds good. Yeah. I want to check this one out. Yeah. So between this and the, between Expedition Bigfoot and the one about Skinwalker Ranch, there's some yeah. good stuff coming up. Excited. So when those are on, we'll definitely talk about it on the show. And I think that's basically it for updates. You know, like I, I said, there were, there were a couple other ones, but that's going to end up being full episodes probably episodes. next season. I love that, you know, back in the day. These types of shows were only on around Halloween, and now 365 days yeah, a year, you can on find the travel something cool. Like the paranormal channel. Yeah, definitely. You know, so those were just a couple updates for you guys. Uh, like I said, we're gonna have some episode updates next season. I'm kind of working those into the schedule. So now we have a voicemail from Jesse. I love it. Yes. Someone responded to our begging and pleading for a voice. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> uh, Dash and Jesse went to, they stayed at a place in Green Bay that is supposedly haunted. I think a bed and breakfast. Yeah. And I've seen, like, I'll look at, like, Green Bay haunted areas and all that. And this mm-hmm. shows up a lot. Okay. So when they were there, they had some interesting experiences. So she left us a voicemail. So without further ado, this is Jesse. Hi, this is Jesse from the Train Sessions Group. Uh, the husband and I just stayed at the Astor House this weekend for a second anniversary, and we heard it was one of the most haunted places in Wisconsin. Um, it was built by a man who died on the Titanic, and the second owner was the doctor who created the main hospital that still serves the area. We chose the topmost room on the third floor because it is the most secluded, and the house is really charming. It's really beautiful. But after midnight, we heard footsteps by the spiral staircase leading to the bed, as well as the knocking coming from the crawl space behind the headboard. And I set my alarm for 5 a.m. to get up and go poke around, but I didn't need it because about five or ten minutes before that, a young, almost like female voice, but in a deep, low tone, like my kids do when they're annoying me, uh, woke me up by saying, work! in my ear, really weird like that. (laughs) So I went downstairs, I had like a warm drink and just sat in the foyer. Uh, The lights were on and um, the light next to me just turned itself off right around 6 a.m. And when the owner came out, I asked him if the lights are on a timer and he said, yeah, to turn on. He asked me if I turned that lamp off and I was like, no. And he just looked at me and was like, I don't know. Uh, we loved every second of this odd but beautiful stay. So it's it's a nice place, but it is, I think it's a little haunted. I mean, there are maybe scientific explanations for what happened, but I don't think so. <laughs> so stay strange, people. 
awesome. I so love it. So cool. Thank you for the voicemail, Jesse. Yeah, if you're in the strangers group, she did. Um, they did talk about some of the stuff that happened yeah. on Facebook as yep. well. The work, getting the word work whispered yeah. in your ear was yeah. creepy. If I'm not mistaken, I believe there's a neighborhood in Green Bay called Astor Park. So I'm thinking that's probably where it is. I don't know if that's near like De Pere, Ashwaubenon, kind of, it's a nice area if I'm thinking of where this is, but I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, because like I said, I've stumbled across this a lot in researching haunted areas around here. So it's really cool to have an account of of friends that stayed there. First hand account, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Thank you. Very cool. Throughout the whole thing, Krista's shaking her head like, nope. The crawl space stuff? Uh Uh-uh. No. No. (laughs) Knocking from the crawl space. Yeah. Nope. Definitely no. So thank you so much, Jesse. That's awesome. I think I would go there and just not plan on sleeping. <laughs> I'd, so I'd, we're basically doing an investigation. <laughs> I'd take z uh, or something to make sure I was sleeping. Oh, man. So thank you so much, Jesse. That's awesome. z Z-Quil. Isn't it just called NyQuil? No, the, NyQuil makes a product oh, called z that's, that's just, for, just sleeping. for sleeping. Okay. Without the medicine and stuff. Gotcha. I lo- like I love z If I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll take one of those. Okay. You do a shot? I'll give it a shot. I like it. <laughs> I love NyQuil. I'm weird that I love the taste of NyQuil. Mm. It kind of, people... it's almost nostalgic. Yeah. It yep, kind of reminds is. you when you were a kid and your mom or dad was taking care of you when you were sick. And yep. Yeah. It's the th- same thing with like a it's vaporizer weird. when you have halls, like, mm-hmm. you know, the eucalyptus stuff or whatever that is. Like Funny. the, the vapor rub. Vapor rub. <laughs> vapor rub. Oh, so man. thank you so much, Jesse. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to go check that place out. I do too. We should stay there. Me, you, and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> The three of us. Three of us. That'd be fun. <laughs> Maybe separate rooms. <laughs> probably separate rooms. I mean, Jim and I can have a room. <laughs> yeah, probably separate rooms. The three of us just sleeping on a bed. <laughs> like be, sardines. <laughs> that would be like scared sardines. <laughs> Jim would no, debunk. Jim would be Jim would snoring everything. in like five minutes. So we got so a question? Brings us to a listener question. Exciting. It's been a while. And hope it's not some weird time travel question that we don't know how to answer. We struggled with that last time. The question is, how does the spirit attach itself to you? Like, I don't know. What are the I physics mean, behind it? Like, I don't know. Hmm. How does the spirit? I have more of a a why, but I don't know how. Like, I, I think there's a variety of reasons why a spirit would attach itself to you, but I don't know how they physically do it. That's I think kind of an interesting just, question because I never... I think it's sort I've of a free about, will I talked kind about of thing. a spirit attaching to somebody, but I never really understood. I, I think that maybe there's... Like, when, when we talk about a spirit attaching itself to someone, we're not saying it's physically, like, attached to the person. But in a way, it's... I think it just chooses to follow the person wherever they go. And imp- impact them emotionally, physically, mentally. I don't know that it necessarily means they're physically attached to the person. No, but there is like, there's some kind of attachment. I and mean, there's like a tether attaching them to the person somehow. You know, is it attached to the mind? Is it attached to the person physically somehow? I don't know. That's an I, interesting question I've because assumed, I've, I've never thought about it. How... Right. I've always assumed the term tether or attachment was more of a metaphor for this, you know, spirit or whatever is attracted to you and therefore yeah. is impacting you. you and is near you. And I, I, I've never really actually thought of it as being physically I guess attached. I guess I've thought of it as being oh, attached, like almost being a part of your mind, hmm. like being like, it's almost like a possession. There's a connection. Yeah, it's almost like a possession where it's in you, 
somehow. I don't know. That's hmm. that's like a real simple question that actually isn't really it's a simple confounding. question because I've never really thought about how it is attached to you. Hmm. I always took it as kind of a possession, like like it's a part of your spirit or whatever. Yeah. I don't it's know. it like like something forms an attachment to you. Yeah. But to me that's like, you know, people can form attachments to other people. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're physically tethered to each other. No, like it's but more I of mean, a if mental the spirit is always with Yeah, it's more person, of a mental or a psychic attachment. You know, like or, say that my apartment was haunted because I did bring something home from an investigation. How did I bring it home? Did it ride in the car with me? On the way home, like a ghost sitting in That's the seat. That's what I picture. Did it? I pictured Float it Float above like your being, car. <laughs> what was that horror movie where like the spirits would be like on your back? Oh, what was that? Was that Dark Water? It was something to do with cameras. Yeah, it wasn't remember. Dark Water. It was like a Japanese horror movie. Yeah. But like when it was attached to you, it was like physically on your yeah, back with its arms around you. That was creepy. So I hope That's it's not that. not fun to think about. No, that is not fun to think about. I'm just going to mm. go with the... Tagged along in the car, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Decided that's hit, a really good decided question. Decided to hitch a ride. Thought you'd be fun to hang yeah, out with for a while. Apparently. That's a really good question. So thanks for that question. Well, I'd like to know what our listeners think. Yeah. How what, do you guys think? How do you as, define an attachment? Yes. What does that actually mean to you? Yeah. Hmm. Good question. Yeah. We got, we'll do one more question. Okay. Because I saw it already. So. <laughs> and now the you're trying to answer it. Our last question for season three of The Strange Sessions, which is fitting because it's a finale. What would you each do if you were told right now that there was an asteroid hit an asteroid that there was an asteroid headed for Earth that would wipe out all human life and it was 24 hours from impact? Mm. I would want to be with my family. I'd want my husband and I would get in a car with our dog and we'd go up north and be with my family. Yeah. I, and just be together. Cuz I, I I think it would be horrifying to me to think about what they were going through without us there. Yeah. Yeah, I would. That's what I would want. I would. I'm not one of those people who's going to go out and do a bunch of weird stuff. No, God, I'm not either. I just want to be I'm with people. Yeah. I would eat whatever the hell I wanted. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd stop and pick but up like, some fast food. But like, would places even be? Way, would places even be like operating like fast food restaurants? <laughs> Throwing out cheeseburgers, <laughs> like <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> making I would, it rain cheeseburgers. <laughs> I would go spend a little time with my brother and his family and tell them I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be together when this when this happens, and. I kind don't of don't say you're going to be alone. I want to be alone. No, I want. I've I've thought about this. I've We're going to stop and pick you up. No, I've thought. I've thought about this. I there's a section of my trail I walk on that's a field. Like people that know, I know me, where it is. know me good. No, taken me there. Yeah, I've taken you there. Like that's my favorite place. Mm-hmm. I love that place. There's another place too that's kind of like that, but that's like a childhood based thing. That's another one of my favorite places. But I would say my goodbyes to my brother and his family and. I would leave my cat Narnia at home. I'd give her lots of treats mm-hmm. because I, maybe a tranquilizer. I feel like she'd be yeah. I feel like she'd be <laughs> like she can pick up when I'm freaked oh, out, sure. and I don't want that for her. So I would let her be there. She'd probably sleep, and I would go when it got to be time. I would go to this field, hmm. and I'd probably have a beer <laughs> or a soda, <laughs> and I would just slice I, I would put my iPod on my. 70s yacht rock soft rock that i like so much just and like i would lie, lay there and the i field. would just chill hmm. and make my peace i think hmm. so it's not it's not a bad being alone but i think it's i guess not no no i think i i, I would want to be alone and it's not because i don't like people right but it's just i would want to be by myself and okay. say goodbye hmm. so yeah 
Well, that's depressing. That's depressing. That's a depressing question to go out on. At least I get to go spend time with my family tomorrow. <laughs> I'm convinced that if they knew it was coming, they wouldn't tell us. Right. You know. Well, it would just cause Because we hear about hysteria. all these near misses from asteroids like a month after the fact. It's like, oh, we could have been hit a month ago by an asteroid. So it wouldn't no. do us any good to know it was coming. No. There's nothing we could do about no. it. No. Exactly, but you have time to say goodbye. On a plane and no, you know that's just the Illuminati. The elite right. would go live on Mars mm-hmm. or wherever they're going to go. We're not part of the elite yet. No, no. give us time. So <laughs> thank you so much for the questions. Yeah, and and deets. Oh, deets. Of course, can't forget the deets and a pickle joke. Oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> Krista just threw her arms up in the air. Last pickle joke. Last of pickle the joke for season three. <laughs> this one has a fun illustration. You ready? Yep. What's green and goes oink, oink? A pickle pig? Porky pickle. <laughs> wow. That's a disturbing looking it illustration. Is. It's like nightmare inducing. A pig with like huge warts all over yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't remember which one's Corey Red. And I don't want to repeat them, so... We'll just end with that. That's a good. That's a good one to end on. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail We are on Twitter at strange session that I don't think we really even touch. I copy okay. Twitter on every Instagram okay. post. You're gonna keep you. You're good. So You're doing Twitter's, good. Twitter's going. Okay. We're on Instagram. Good. On, we're active on Instagram. Yes, we are. Krista posts and then not she as much as Facebook. She makes them artsy in black and white, which is cool. <laughs> we're on Instagram at the strange sessions. Um, if you have postcards or want to send us stuff, and thank you to my cousin Shana who sent us a really cool postcard that I have. It's going to go up. We, I want to get our big poster board. Yeah, before. it's going to go in that book for now. Yeah, <laughs> we have all the postcards. Where, we got to get a bigger poster board to hang all our stuff. You guys send us. So if you want to send us postcards, as it gets close to the next season after the holidays, if you want to send us stuff to taste test, uh, I know a couple people are already putting things together to send us, okay. which scares me and delights me at the same time. <laughs> you can send us stuff at the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box four three four, Manitowoc, Wisconsin five four two two one dash zero four three four and as always you can call our phone number the strange sessions hotline 920-443-9602 and with that i think season three that's a wrap to a close yeah so thank you guys so much i mean we say it all the time but we love you guys i mean especially the people in our, our closed facebook group the strangers we know them on a first name basis we're friends with these people and you guys are just amazing and we're so thankful and happy to have you here along for the ride very appropriate for thanksgiving it is very appropriate for thanksgiving yeah we wouldn't be here without you guys no you make it all it, worthwhile. it still constantly astounds us that people are finding us and people are liking us and yeah. people are joining the strangers if you are not in the strangers closed facebook group that's okay that's but cool if too. you want to interact with us more we're very active on there. The people in there, I cannot stress enough how amazing and funny and talented yeah. and awesome they are. There is zero drama. Yeah. Zero yeah. drama. No, we absolutely love that group. Yes. And you people are amazing and we love you. Yep. And with that, do you have any other last minute? See you next year. <laughs> See you next year. And we will start after the holidays. We will start season four which is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. They're already up to season four. And Krista and I are going to be getting together in a couple weeks to do a couple backup episodes 
because if the weather has been any indicator of what this winter is going to be like, it's going to suck. Yeah, we're going to need some backups. We're going to need some backup episodes. These aren't going to be as lengthy as girthy as our just, regular episodes <laughs> just to hold you over until <laughs> but it's enough for you to get some strange exactly. you need to get some strange yep and get a little strange in your diet Get a little strange in your life so it's like fiber is like strange in your <laughs> diet like fiber fiber is good for you so i've just had like some strange in my, <laughs> my diet after taco bell um <laughs> so we're gonna be getting together soon we're gonna there may be a surprise or two yep you know Last year there was a Christmas episode. Don't we, know. We gotta check our naughty or nice list to yep. see to see how strangers were this we year. We might just send out lumps of coal. Yeah, just, we'll see. Yeah, we just mail out lumps of coal. Because we have out. all your addresses. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, <sighs> so we'll be around. Note. <laughs> we, we will be around. So don't worry. It's gonna gonna be painless, and we will be back before you know it. Yes. So happy holidays to you guys. If happy we don't holidays. get a chance to say it, thank you so much for being with us this season. Uh, it's been a blast. You know, thank you, Krista, for doing this. Oh, thank you, Kurt. You, know, it's, you it, do all the work. Corey said last time, like, he realized that it's kind of a lot of work. It's a to lot do of work. Stuff. And the fact that we we're able to get together to do this on a regular basis, now we kind of have to because people, like, kind of riot a little they're bit. They're kind we, of relying on it now. Yeah, they're kind <laughs> of relying on us. So thank you so much. I love doing this with you. I absolutely love you to death. Aww. You know that. I love you too, Kurt. And... I think the sound engineers in the other room are packing up the equipment. Yeah, they're like giving us the... <laughs> they're giving us to shut her cut down. It off. Shut her down. <laughs> it's getting a little too touchy-feely so, in here. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. We will be back soon. But until then, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.